1: clock on AM 1420. The answer. Good Monday to you. The Indians home opener today. It's going to be cold. Baseball is stupid. I don't mean the sport. I mean Major League Baseball's executives. They started the Indian season by the way. Uh uh it's the first day of uh, by the way, first morning of the month of April in the year 2019. Insert your April Fools Day joke here. Uh, I'm not going to offer any today. Baseball started the Cleveland Indians in late March. Not on the West Coast in the sunshine not in the deep south in the sunshine, not in the north, but under a dome, but in the frigid 30-degree air of Minnesota in late March. That's a great way to start the baseball season. Brilliant strategy there. And now today in frigid Cleveland, they're going to have their home opener. It's 30 degrees right now. It's 30 degrees right now, and they're going to play baseball at 4 o'clock this afternoon. I know it's supposed to warm up a little bit. It's supposed to be over 40, I think. But how ridiculous. I mean, honestly, baseball, every single nickel must be collected. That's all Major League Baseball's owners and administrators care about. Every nickel must be collected. If it wasn't that way, you know what they would do? They would go back to scheduling traditional double headers the way they did for decades in the sport of baseball throughout the season. You throw in a half dozen double headers for every team throughout the year, and you can start the the, the baseball season in the second week of April, when it's extremely the conditions are, are, are much better. I mean it's 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 hard to describe the difference, starting with Game 1 on April 12th as opposed to March 26th or 7th or whatever it was. Uh, but they just won't do it. They won't do it. They insist on 162 games, and by God, they insist on 162 gates. 162 full gate revenues. That's it. They don't want any doubleheaders where people get two games for the price of one. Oh, no. We'd rather have our players freeze and perform at a very low level, at a very low, uh, uh, capacity because of the weather conditions by making them play in late March and playing the World Series, by the way, into early November. Just baseball. I, it, sometimes it just gets, it gets very frustrating. If you're going to the game today, enjoy it, but better dress like you're going to a Browns playoff game. And that's for those of us old enough to remember what one of those feels like. All right. Uh, and hopefully they won't have to wait very much longer because, uh, uh, things are very much looking up for the Browns coming into this season. I wanted to follow up a little bit more on the um, uh, unplanned movie that I took my wife and my daughter to see on Friday, or excuse me, on Saturday uh, by uh, Abby Johnson, or not by Abby Johnson, on a book by Abby Johnson, the movie based on a book by Abby Johnson, the former Planned Parenthood clinic director. I talked about this at the top of the show. I'm not going to do a whole segment on this, but you know how I was giving you the box office report, and it's so spectacular that Unplanned was the fifth most popular movie in America this weekend? They took in $6.1 million, which already pays for their $6 million budget. And they did so only on 1,059 screens. Compare that to Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, in which they recreated a male character as a female character, because, you know, we gotta be woke in 2019 and all. Uh, and with this liberal feminist message from this, uh, liberal feminine superhero or superheroine, Captain Marvel, They were on 3,985 screens, took in $20.5 million. Why do I bring that up? Unplanned made more money per screen than Captain Marvel did. In 1,059 screens, $5,770 average per screen. Captain Marvel on 3,985 screens took in just $5,144 per screen. So that lets you know what an amazing... Performance This movie, you know, uh, uh, had over the weekend and more importantly, how many Americans truly recognize a hero, especially a female hero, when they see one? Captain Marvel or Abby Johnson? I think we know who the real hero is. Now, uh, beyond that. Uh, the other part of the story that I did want to share with you is um, the good news that is coming from the state of Georgia. Perhaps you are aware of this, perhaps not. state of Georgia, like the state of Ohio, is about to pass a new law uh, restricting abortion after a heartbeat is detected, a fetal heartbeat is detected. We called it the heartbeat bill here in the state of, Ohio. state of Ohio. Governor Mike DeWine says he's ready to sign it, and that's good news because our last pathetic, weak-willed governor would not do so claimed to be pro-life, was not pro-life. But um, the story here from Georgia is that uh, Alyssa Milano has led a host of liberal Hollywood celebrities in writing a letter to the state of Georgia, to Georgian leadership, threatening to never shoot movies in that state again if this bill passes, and if this bill is signed into law, saying essentially, we... We, we think you're, you're going to put film profits above um, your belief in the sanctity of life. That, that's what our belief is. That's what we think you're going to do here. We think you're going to buckle to the pressure of, e- of economics and the amount of money that we are going to take with us out of Georgia by not shooting movies there. Um, we think you're going to buckle under that rather than stick to your principles in, in the belief in life. So this letter was written in which, by the way, they called it, um, did Alyssa Milano this bill, an evil bill, a bill rooted in evil? Mind you, a bill that is intended to save the lives, <laughs> save the lives of, um, countless numbers of, of unborn babies is evil. The belief in allowing people to murder those babies, allowing butchers to murder those babies with the willing approval of the mothers of those babies is considered to be moral and virtuous because it's women's health care. That's that's how insane this is. Now, why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up for one reason, because I'm talking about heroines. I'm talking about female heroes. Forget about Planned Parenthood, or not Planned Parenthood? Forget about Captain Marvel for a moment, and even forget about Abby Johnson, who is the actual main character in the movie. Uh, which is based on the story of her life and based on, of course, her, uh, her own experiences from uh, uh, the hor- horrible regrets of participating in 22,000 abortions during her time as director of the Planned Parenthood Clinic to her moment of redemption when she begged God's forgiveness and feels like she has earned it because of her uh, years now of, uh, of work to wipe out the scourge of abortion and, more importantly, Planned Parenthood. But I'm going to talk about another hero here, and that is the actress who portrayed uh... abby johnson uh... in the movie she is just an actress she's not abby johnson but she's fighting like she's abby johnson and that's what makes this so amazing Alyssa milano wrote the letter as i said signed co-signed by fifty actors who fancy themselves to be the paragons of morality and they wrote to Georgia House Speaker David Ralston and Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, threatening the state of Georgia, as they said, with a boycott of Hollywood, from Hollywood. If the HB 481 passes, it's called Living Infants Fairness and Equality, uh, which spells out LIFE, if you're looking for the acronym there, also known as the heartbeat bill. The letter from the uh, moral champions of Hollywood says, we cannot in good conscience continue to recommend our industry, meaning films, remain in Georgia if this becomes law. This dangerous and deeply flawed bill mimics many others which have already been deemed unconstitutional. As men who identify as small government conservatives, we remind you that the government is never bigger than when it, when it is inside a woman's body or in her doctor's office. This bill would remove the possibility of women receiving reproductive health care, as they call it, before most even know they are pregnant and force many women to undergo unregulated hidden procedures at great risk to their health. Then the threats. We can't imagine being elected officials who had to say to their constituents, I enacted a law that was so evil it chased billions of dollars of, uh, out of our state's economy. It's not the most effective campaign slogan, but rest assured, we'll make it yours should this come to pass. This is the precipice on which you stand. All right. So this is what Alyssa Milano and the others wrote. We're threatening you with billions of dollars in economic loss if you continue to protect babies, essentially. In in such an evil way, by the way. I want to shine a spotlight on the response, not from Abby Johnson herself, but Ashley Bratcher, who plays Abby in the movie that I saw on Saturday that was so moving, so powerful, so emotional, and so life-changing, I promise you. I promise you, if you are on the edge and you're just not sure where you stand, or if you are just kind of weakly in this, in the, in, on the side of Planned Parenthood, watch this movie. It will change your mind. It will change your life. Ashley Bratcher responded with her own letter to, to Alyssa Milano. For the latter part, uh, this is responding on uh, Deadline. Ashley Bratcher wrote this this article. She tweeted that she was writing this letter to Alyssa Milano so everybody would read it. And she says she's a proud Georgian who is incredibly proud of her home state for taking a stand in the fight for life amid the, amidst the backlash and dubious threat. In part, she wrote, for the latter part of the year I've watched as women I've admired, like you, spoke out in regards to women's rights, more specifically women's reproductive rights. With radical laws like the ones in New York and Vermont being passed, it is more critical than ever that we are using our voices to fight for the rights of women. One problem, you're forgetting about the rights of women within the womb. If feminism is all about equal rights, then where are her rights? She went on to criticize Milano for saying that state leaders are going down this divisive road once again, refighting culture wars and jeopardizing one of the state's biggest sources of revenue. Ashley Bratcher, the star of Unplanned, wrote, Well, Alyssa, let me make something very clear to you. In Georgia, we care just as much about being pro-life as being pro-film. We don't believe in putting a price tag on the value of a human life. Our brave leaders have stepped up to say enough is enough. We will no longer sit idly by as innocent lives are taken by the thousands each day. If you fault Georgia for choosing to be morally correct over politically correct, then that says more of your personal agenda than the goal of our governor to protect life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all. You claim that the HB481 heartbeat bill would make Georgia the most regressive state in the country? I couldn't disagree more. Abortion is so 1973. Welcome to 2019, a time in which, the me- which medical advances preserve the life of babies born as early as 21 weeks. In case you didn't know, that's three weeks earlier than what most states in the U.S. consider viable in their abortion legislation. End quote. Ashley Bratcher a hero in her own right. Playing Abby Johnson has changed her life, and she is making it her mission on screen and off to change others' lives. How sad it is that tax credits are a more important topic than the sanctity of human life, she concludes. Mother to mother, she says to Alyssa Milano, I invite you to see my new movie, Unplanned. Abby Johnson's testimony changed my life. Who knows? Maybe it could change yours, too. That is what a female hero looks like. We'll be right back. Oh, two. 1027, now the Bob France Authority, excuse me, on AM 1420, the answer to the phones. Jerry in Brexville, you're on AM 1420, the answer. Good morning, Jerry.
2: Good morning, Bob. I just wanted to call and tell you, I believe we are being bullied by the Central American countries. They know the Republicans and Democrats are having a a real fight between each other They're taking advantage of this Trump has got to quit saying that you're gonna do this and do that and show his authority and do something like shutting the border putting a, a, a fence down the middle of the Rio Grande or something like that it, uh, it's getting to a point it's gonna to be too late to make any moves with with this immigration thing
1: well you know what my friend um, it could happen as early as today I kid you not. According to sources inside the White House, I don't have them. I'm I'm, I'm relaying relaying to you what uh, some have said in national circles. The president could order the closing of all of the ports of entry in the entire border as early as today and certainly by the end of this week so i think you're right and i think he's right i think he knows that the time is quickly coming for talk is no longer and threats of closing it uh, are no longer going to be beneficial no longer gonna be good enough they have to actually do it and uh... and it looks like it could be coming like i said as early as today thank you my friend for the call chagrin falls next stop robert you're on the air go ahead robert
2: good morning how are you doing today bob
1: good robert what's on your mind
2: so I, I, I just want to state at the beginning that I, I don't think I agree with almost anything that you say, but I think it's important to listen to the other side so we, maybe we can come to some common grounds on things. The first, okay. thing I would say to you, the first thing I would say to you, is, has this immigration problem been a problem for a while?
1: Uh, has it been a problem for a while? Yes. Has it been this scale of a problem? No.
2: So it's been a problem for a while. I assume it was during the the first part of his administration. Your outrage would be more interesting to me if you guys actually tried to do something about it when you actually had the power in the Congress to do something. Collective indignation now to blame the Democrats when you could have done something about it two years ago
1: well you know as well as I do that's uh, that's completely false that is a false characterization of it sure they could have done some things in the house but they knew full well that having only a two-vote majority in the United States Senate meant that they would never get any Democrats to come along with them and do anything about it you know as well as I do the only way for it to be done would have been for Mitch McConnell to use the nuclear option and remove or and uh, and uh, remove the filibuster and allow a simple majority vote for legislation legislation, which is, of course, what Harry Reid did for confirmation of judges. Um, that is not going to happen, not just judges, but confirmation of, uh, of uh, uh, nominated officials in the, in the administration as well. You know, as well as I do, there wasn't uh, two Democrats. There wasn't one Democrat. Maybe Manchin, I don't know, but that was going to go along with doing anything about this on the Senate side. So anything that the House could have done and would have done. And by the way, I will agree with you on this point. Paul Ryan did not lead. Kevin McCarthy did not lead enough to get something passed out of the House anyway. But if they had, you know as well as I do, it dies in the Senate. So we did not have enough of a majority to get anything done at that point. Now there is a time to get something done. The law has to be changed. What Mick Mulvaney said is exactly correct. There is a massive magnet, and it is pulling people in from all over Central and South America, and that is the words, I'm seeking political asylum. That's it. And then they have to be given access to the United States while they, where they get in line between, behind tens of thousands of others to have asylum hearings to see if it's legitimate or not. And as we know, tens of thousands of hearings are going to take months and years, and in the meantime, they get released into the population, never to be seen again. That is not a Republican, well, it is a Republican problem, but it's not the Republicans' fault, because the Democrats in the House would need to sign off on a law changing, uh, on, a, on a new bill changing that law, and they, of course, will not. Got a special guest coming up for you after the bottom of the hour news. Stick around on AM 1420, The Answer. You'll hear it. This is Bloomberg Radio. Rolling right along, it's 10.35 by my count. That leaves us 25 minutes of outstanding awesome for this Monday morning. Going to take you right up until 11 o'clock then. Mike Gallagher, Dennis Prager, Dr. G, Sebastian Gorka, Jay Sekulow, and Larry Elder. There's no reason to ever change the dial if you're looking for true, common-sense, conservative analysis free of the buffoonery you get on other stations. Thank you so much for being with us. Speaking of common sense... It is rarely spoken uh, in uh, as much volume and with much as much clarity as it is when you hear Wayne Allen Root, the conservative warrior, host of the Wayne Allen Root Show. It's on Newsmax TV uh, at 8 p.m. Uh, every single evening. He is also on USA Radio every night as well. Wayne Allen Root, national media personality, best-selling author, and the host of War Now, the Wayne Allen Root Show, joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Back here in Cleveland, good to have you on the uh, Cleveland Airways uh, Airways. Wayne. How are you, sir? Hey, Bob,
0: how are
1: you? Good to talk to you again, my friend. I'm great. I'm great. Uh, I, uh, I'm i a little worried, to be honest with you, and I want to talk about uh, the prescription to get rid of that worry as far as what we are going to do uh, about the ongoing attempt to remove the President of the United States from power. The, uh, the attempt, of course, was to stop him from gaining power, and we saw what they were willing to do to do that. And we'll talk about going on the offensive rather than the, than the defensive, as you have recently written about. But Wayne, I'm a little worried more about the southern border. You saw it. It has gotten so bad that even Obama-era Department of Homeland Security Secretary Jay Johnson says, this is full-on crisis. What do you think the president should do?
0: Well, you know, I've written about this uh, extensively for years now. I mean, it's nothing new. It's gotten much worse. It's it's a crisis full-blown. I wrote a commentary, I don't know, I guess about two months ago in newspapers around the country. You know, my commentary is in the Las Vegas Review-Journal, and that's syndicated all over the country by Creator Syndicate. And I wrote a commentary that it's not one full-blown crisis – It's 13 crises, and I listed all of them, humanitarian crisis, rape crisis, uh, drug crisis, human trafficking crisis, welfare crisis, national debt crisis, um, crime crisis, murder crisis, MS-13 crisis. The list was long. It's not a mystery. I mean, I'm going to say on the air with you in Cleveland, Bob, what I've said on my national TV show. It's no secret, uh, but it's certainly something that a lot of people hear for the first time and go, wow. And then they think about it, and they go, I think he's right. I believe that the Mexican drug cartel has paid off the Democratic Party. I really believe it. I mean, here in Nevada, I could tell you that, first of all, let me start with this. The answers Democrats give are ludicrous. It's not even like there's a good answer. I don't mind a good debate. I'm for the death penalty, but I hear good arguments from Democrats why there shouldn't be a death penalty. You know, 150 people have been executed over the last X amount of years. That did not do it, and you know, DNA evidence has cleared them and they were killed by the state. That's compelling evidence why we shouldn't have a death penalty. I'd give you 100 reasons why we should have a death penalty, but that's a fair argument. Democrats' argument about the border is the weakest garbage I've ever heard in my life. You know, they don't have any argument at all. It's just like, oh, oh, that's a waste of money. Really, it's a waste of money. All the drugs coming through the border, all the prostitution coming through the border, all the murderers coming through the border, all the uh, uh, addicts on welfare that are bankrupting our nation coming through the border when American veterans are homeless in the streets. Their argument makes no sense. It's the same idiotic argument about we shouldn't have voter ID. Why? It's racist. Doesn't everybody have voter ID? Yeah, they do. So why would it be racist to ask for voter ID? They want to win elections, number one, with, by bringing in millions of foreigners because they can't win with American citizens. So they're trying to change the electorate. That's the reason they want the border open. All the rest of them are lies. That's number one. And number two, I believe they are fat and happy with cash, the Democratic Party because they're getting funded by the Mexican drug cartels. It's very clear to me here in Nevada that all the Republican candidates are constantly broke and complaining they have no money and they can't get anyone to write a check, and the Democrats outspend us 10 to 1 in every race. That's why Nevada is a dead-even state, Bob, dead-even. Republicans and Democrats, and we've lost every election. In 2016 and 18. we lost everything. Democrats control every important Uh, you know, position in in government in this entire state, and they did it by uh, just a tiny bit. You know, they keep beating us like 800,050 to 800,025. And the whole difference is illegal aliens voting and the Mm -hmm. dramatic money difference that they've got and i believe drug cartels are now taking a little piece of their money because they do like 100 billion a year the mexican drug cartels so if you just invested 100 million in american elections you could tip the election maybe you're investing 200 million maybe 300 million the democrats are doing the bidding of the mexican drug cartels as sure as i'm standing here
1: Wayne Allen Root is our guest, the host of the Wayne Allen Root Show, the Conservative Warriors on Newsmax Television nightly at 8 p.m. He's also uh, got a radio show on USA Radio, which you can find at usaradio.com. Wayne, um, you know, let's let's talk about um, you know them trying to change the electorate in order to steal elections. The other thing they did to try to steal uh, an election, as we know, is to try to have uh, the uh, Republican candidate, the Republican Republican nominee, locked up, uh, and that's exactly what they tried to do. They tried to portray him as somebody who was conspiring to uh, work against the democracy of the United States of America. Undermine our own electoral process by colluding with the Russians. Now you saw the same thing that I saw, which is the, the Mueller report being summarized by William Barr saying nonsense, none of that happened. And there ought to be serious repercussions for those who allege that it did, especially for the media that painted that picture and told that lie for so long. Now, you say it's time to stop just being on the defensive for President Trump, uh, being the hunted. It's time to go on the hunt. Tell me what you mean by that.
0: Well, yeah, two things. First of all, this is all Solinsky. It's classic Solinsky. You look in the mirror. Uh, this was his advice, the great communist organizer. You look in the mirror, and whatever you see, you blame the other guy. They're the ones guilty of collusion and Russian collusion. Obviously, the only Russian collusion was making up the dossier and, and using false pretenses to get FISA warrants and Hillary Clinton on the tarmac. And, and by the way, Robert Mueller with the sample of the uranium on the tarmac for Hillary Clinton, who sold out the United States of America to the Russians for a hundred I believe it's a $140 million donation to the Clinton Foundation. There's your Russian collusion. That, you know, number one. Number two, there's 50 other kinds of collusion. Democrats are involved in, we're not involved in any collusion. This was just Donald Trump impressing working class and middle class Americans, mostly white working class and middle class Americans, but some Spanish and some, uh, you know, foreign and some black and some gay and some Muslim. You know, look, there are people of all races and religions and creeds that are supporting Donald Trump. It just so happens the overwhelming, you know, basis of Trump's candidacy was the white middle class. But I've met people from all walks of life that are middle-class people, and they realize that their life is being set on the drain and destroyed by democratic policies and taxes and regulation. And if I'm wrong, how come everybody is running away from New York and away from New Jersey and away from Connecticut and away from California and away from Illinois? There's an exodus out of Democrat states because middle-class people can't live there anymore. So that's why Trump won the election. It had nothing to do with the Russian interference, but certainly you can make the case Hillary was involved in Russian interference you can make the case the Democratic Party was involved in collusion and interference foreign interference with Mexico and Central America there's your collusion and interference in American elections they're they're not sending uh, a few you know dozen people and a hundred thousand dollars and a few clicks to try and change the election they're physically sending their entire populations to America the entire Mexico and Central America has invaded the United States and they're all voting in our elections. That's foreign interference in an election. That's collusion with the Democratic Party. And how about Silicon Valley collusion? I mean, it's now being proven. Experts are saying tens of millions of votes were changed in 2018 midterms. That's why we lost the midterm, because Google and Facebook and Twitter all shadow banning and banning and censoring and killing the business of conservatives and not allowing us to get our messages out. That's collusion between the Democratic Party and billionaire social media mavens in Silicon Valley. So, I mean, they've got the collusion. Look at MSNBC. It's TV media manipulation and collusion. When you realize that MSNBC's audience dropped by, by, you know, literally... Uh, you know, dramatic numbers between the day Mueller released his report and then last week when it was all, you know, the cat was out of the bag that there was no collusion, suddenly their audience dropped by dramatic numbers. They needed to keep this going in order to A, defeat the Republicans, and B, keep their ratings up and make, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. So there was all kinds of collusion, but none of it involved the Republican Party. So, look, my commentary was about the fact that the hunters should become the hunted. And I really do believe that that's an issue. You know, the people that were doing the hunting, we need to go after them now. We need to special prosecutor them to death, just like they did to us. They seemed to think it was not a bad thing at all. They thought, you know, they acted as if it wasn't a bad thing to investigate someone. What are you afraid of? Well, of course, the investigation means that 24 hours a day you have l- l- lawyer bills adding up, to total bankruptcy for everyone involved. So why don't we just do the same thing to them? We need a special prosecutor for Hillary and all her crimes and scandals. We need a special prosecutor for Clapper. We need a special prosecutor for Brennan. We need one for the FBI leadership, the DOJ leadership, the CIA leadership. We need one for the Clinton Foundation. We need one for Obama, who I think... In the end, mark my words, you will find that Obama was at the center directing everything from day one. This is all these scandals are Obama scandals, and he should be in prison, literally. Will it ever happen? I'm sure it won't, but Obama should absolutely, positively be fitted for an orange jumpsuit. All these people need to be investigated, and oh, by the way, I'm a victim of the Obama-I.R.S. scandal. So, you know, never in history of America did one president send the IRS to destroy people's lives or disagree with him other than Obama, and no one's ever punished anyone involved in that. All of these scandals should be investigated. No one's telling you persecute somebody. We're saying if an investigation was okay against Trump and every friend he's ever had and every campaign colleague he's he's ever had, then what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Let's go after every Democrat and simply ask questions with a special prosecutor. What what you'll find will disgust the American people, in my opinion.
1: Wayne Allen Root is my guest. You know, you just said yeah, we need an investigator for this, 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 this. I don't disagree, but they're not going to appoint special counsels for all of those. They can, though, appoint just, you know, Department of Justice investigators to look into all of those things. Do you think there needs to be a second special counsel, though, to oversee all of it, all of the things that you just listed? And if you say yes to that, Wayne Allen Root, what would you say to making that second special counsel the same as the first one? Have Robert Mueller. Now that he's done going after Trump, they can't impugn his integrity. They can't say he's the wrong guy to go after Hillary Clinton, et cetera, et cetera. They praised him for two and a half years as being this paragon of virtue. What do you think about naming uh, Bob Mueller as the new special counsel to investigate Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, et al., like you just listed?
0: Yeah, listen, I I agree. You might want to have one special counsel do the entire overall you know, investigation of the dirty tricks of the Democratic Party and and the actual investigation against Trump—all that needs to be investigated. I, I disagree with you, Bob. If you think it's supposed to be Robert Mueller, because I don't trust Mueller as far as I could spit at him, I'm still not sure. You know, the conclusions he's come to vis-a-vis—you know—Bar was the one, William Bar, who translated it all. But believe me, there's all kinds of hidden time bombs in Mueller's final report. Democrats are going to use to still come back and try and and wouldn't Bar have
1: noticed? Trump? Wouldn't Bar have noticed those? Though, Wayne, I feel like we can trust Bill By I feel I feel like once he read it and gave us that four-page summary, if there were any time bombs in there, he would have alerted us to them there. So the Democrats can't play that. I don't, I don't
0: that, trust don't Mueller as far as I could spit at him. I never have, and I still don't, just because he cleared Trump. Don't be naive and think just because he cleared Trump, that means he's a good guy and he's a fair guy. I don't, know,
1: no, Wayne, wait, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting he's this paragon. I'm saying the Democrats can't, if if... if 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 um, President Trump or actually Attorney General Barr now sends a special prosecutor out there to look into all of those Democrats and for all of the different malfeasance that you listed there, they're going to complain that it's a partisan witch hunt the way President Trump called Mueller a partisan witch hunt. The only way we can, uh, you know, uh, uh, suggest that... Uh you know, uh, that it's not that, is to get the guy that they loved, who said, no, he's not a witch hunt, he's a good, decent, patriotic American. And then they can't complain about the partisanship or perceived partisanship of the special counsel. That's my only
0: thing. Yeah, look, I understand your theory completely. <laughs> I'm just telling you, that, to me, the biggest investigation of all is to investigate the investigators, so you can't yeah. hire bar, uh, uh, Mueller to investigate Mueller. Okay. I mean, I, and, his, and his, you know, 19 dirty prosecutors, who are all big Democratic donors, I think you need someone who's beyond repute. Your argument is absolutely right. You need somebody who is above partisan politics, and there's somebody out there, but it's not Robert Mueller. Because if he
1: appoints a Mueller, Trey Gowdy they're... or somebody to be the investigator, yeah. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not yeah, going not... uh, well, to, to have any credibility to the left and do a lot with of me, them.
0: With, with me, it Would but not with Democrats. We right. know that. So yeah, That's what I mean. it's got to be someone who's above partisan politics. That's not Trey Gowdy. I get it, but I don't think it has to be Robert Mueller, because I have a problem with with the Iranian one. Uh, scandal, which I think is the worst in the history of America, she sold, Hillary sold out the United States of America to Russia. Speaking of Russian collusion, and who gave the sample on the tarmac, the head of the FBI, Robert Mueller, who's in bed with Hillary. So I think Mueller's the one who's got to be part of the people being investigated. So I don't want Mueller to be the investigator. No, I'm done with Mueller. But it's time to find somebody who's above reproach, and I agree with that.
1: It's time to hunt uh, instead of being the hunted. It's t- time to become the hunter. That's the message from Wayne Allen Root, a great piece that he wrote uh, for townhall.com, which, of course, is a great place to start your news every single day. Make sure you read that piece. I tweeted it out, uh, also tweeted out uh, to Wayne Allen Root himself, so make sure you follow him on Twitter at Real Wayne RealWayneRoot, uh, and make sure you catch him on TV. He's on Newsmax TV nightly at 8 p.m. He's on USA Radio from 6 to 9 p.m. as well, which you can find at usaradio.com. Wayne, it is always a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for the great insight, analysis, and passion, my friend. Keep up the fight, and we'll talk again soon.
0: Thanks, Bob. God bless.
1: A pleasure. Thank you. Wayne Allen Root, I told you, a special guest. He is a, he is a true, passionate, fiery conservative who does not take blank from anybody. And I love that about Wayne Allen Root, which is why I love to talk to him from time to time here on AM1420, The Answer. All right. If you're on hold, stay there. Your phone call next, right here, AM1420. Final segment of the broadcast, <clears throat> now at 10.54, I've got six good minutes left for a couple of really good phone calls, maybe three, depending on the time. Let's see how it goes. Navy man Norm in Strongsville. You're on the air. Good morning, Norm.
2: Bob, I can't tell you how happy I was with uh, Ashley um, Batchers' uh, reply to Alyssa Milano. In the first place, who cares about Alec Baldwin, Alyssa Milano, and the rest of the Harlot Wood crowd? Frankly, I'm sure the people of Georgia are going to lose a lot of sleep over them, uh, taking their movies away from the state of Georgia. So be it. Let don't let the door hit you in a you know what on the way out. My wife and I both watched on Plan last Thursday, and to say that I was shaken, Bob, would be an understatement. I thought I knew what Planned Parenthood was about, but I didn't until I saw the the abortuaries in actual operation. And it was like viewing a microcosm of intrinsic evil versus good, and that's exactly what it was, and is. And if we Christians and Jews and other folks that are that stand for pro, for the sanctity of human life don't do something about it, then we deserve what's coming next. It'll be the elderly, the infirm, the people with Down syndrome, the disabled. Uh, they're throwaways, just like the uh, newborns are throwaways. And that's the mentality of the Democratic Party. And I'll tell you, it, it shook me to my core, and uh, I've just redoubled my efforts as far as being a member of the Respect Life team of St. John Newman Parish, and uh, uh, I'm going full bore on this one, Bob.
1: Well, Norm, I know you are, and I'm so glad to know you're out there because you truly are one of the warriors uh, that is out there. You know what? What I really loved about the movie, and I don't want to give too much of it away. um, Although there's not really, it's not really a plot that's a who done it kind of a thing. We all know what they what is being done and and how it's being done. But when um, the uh, um, director of the uh, the 40, I can't remember what the group was called now, the Life Pro Life Group that always stood at the fence outside there outside the clinic.
2: 40, 40 days, days for of life.
1: life. Yeah, 40 days for life. Thank you. Sean is his name. When he told Abby about the, the, the difference that, um, uh, or excuse me, when she told him about the difference that they made because they felt like sometimes that their prayers were just, you know, were, were were kind of pointless or ineffective. And she said, you have no idea how many people turn away and just drove around the block because they saw you praying. You don't know how many people you actually stopped from having their abortions just by your presence there. That to me was super powerful and I know that you and others who do that and spend your time out there, especially on Saturdays, which is their highest, um, uh, you know, days of abortion where that's the only service they provide, is they detailed in the movie as well, That's that's got to make you feel like you're making a difference. You know, Norm, it, it, people out there oh. praying does, does kind of make, um, uh, you know, the would-be, you know, prospective terminating mother rethink what she's doing.
2: Yeah, well, it's, I wish I could join them, and I'll say this, and the reason that I don't, my temperament, Bob, um, I'm not at that point yet where I can turn the other cheek. If somebody spat in my face, if somebody... Uh, took off on me or started shoving me around. I'm sorry, but uh, the the only cheek I'm going to present to them is something uh, below my waist. No, no. Uh, <laughs> so I pray, so I pray, I pray, I pray the rosary, I pray the chapel of divine mercy, and I do everything I can to try to get in front of the young people because, like you said at that uh, conservative club con- uh, con- convocation in uh, North Elsin, it's when you ask people to raise their hands. And I yep. think only three, three people under the age of 21 were in that room, including your daughter. That's correct. And, you know, and, Bob, I'll tell you, that's where we have to reach. We have to reach the young people and the people in their 30s. And they're the ones that really have to see this movie. So we're doing everything we can to get it in front of them. But I just wanted to thank you.
1: Thank uh, you, Norm.
2: You, too, are a warrior for life. Thanks, Bob. God well, thank,
1: thank you. God bless. I appreciate your phone call, and, uh, and 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 believe me, those who stand out there and pray, though, um, uh, and I made a mistake Norm for someone else who told me they do that on a regular basis. They they are making a difference, and and I'm not talking about those who go out there and be abusive and be you know v- verbally attacking women who are on their way in. The ones who are just praying for them silently and uh, and 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 trying to send a message. There is another way, Carolyn Bedford. You're going to wrap it up for us. Go ahead, Carol. Hi. Uh,
2: I never thought I'd live. In a time when we revere newborn puppies more than human beings it's bad enough late-term abortion but what the governor of Virginia wanted with infanticide I can't imagine if there was a a process at the animal shelters where they were killing newborn puppies especially with Goddard's law Goddard's law would have gone after them full throat but yet they see nothing wrong with killing newborn infants. Uh, I just can't believe this, is, this has happened in our country.
1: Real cartoon that I saw that I talked about a couple of weeks ago, and it's two little puppy, a puppy and a kitten, looking at one another at, at a baby and saying, "You don't have a humane society for you." I'll leave it there, and we'll see you tomorrow.
2: Bye bye.